God every day that he's not politically correct. And I, I don't know if he's, he's said truer words since I've known him. I'm so thankful that Brother Robertson's not politically correct. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, kids are kids are very awesome and special. No one's as cool as mine, but there are some of them. You guys have some some neat uh, neat cool kids. I tell Sammy all the time. I was like, I, I love him. He's my little buddy, but he, he's not Corbin. Uh, I was telling Jacob today. He's he's a really good kid too. His dad keeps his thumb on him pretty well, or maybe it's mom. I I don't know. Either way, he's a pretty good kid too. But I told him he's. He's just not Corbin. Uh, there's just there's something about yours <laughs> that's just it's just different. It's different, and I love my my kids, Brianna and Corbin. They're uh, they're very special to me. Uh, more special than them, um, if I may say, is my wife. Uh, my kids are going to grow up, and and hopefully I've put enough in them to where they'll keep living this. But she's going to be stuck with me till I die. So I, uh, I really like her a lot. She's, she's pretty cool. No, I, I love Jess. She's my best friend. Um, I had the, the great honor of her submitting to me and helping me uh, leave for a little while. Let me get some things straightened out and come back and uh, refreshed. And with a different mindset, um, I was able to let go of some things that I've been holding on to. And uh, God's really been doing some. I know it's hard to see some of it, but, but I do feel different. I feel feel like more of a man of God than I am. I'm not going to be a better preacher by no means, but I feel better about myself and who I am in God. Um, this, this is very special to me. Standing behind this pulpit at this, this particular place is very nice and neat, um, but there are so many other things that I, I feel God wants me to do that's not behind here that, that's a lot, that I'll be a lot more effective in, and now I feel like I can do that in Jesus' name. Uh, if you'll help me, Philippians 4 and 6. You can stand with me real quick. This isn't going to take very long um, of anything. If anybody says anything about my preaching, it doesn't take a whole long time. I don't know anybody that's ever said, my God, if he just shut up and sit down. Try to keep it. I, I have a very short tension span, so I, once I start losing my own thoughts, I know it's time to stop and just let God come back and take over, and, and hopefully he'll, he'll fill in the gaps. Well, Philippians 4 and 6 says something very, very special to me. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Um, something very special. Paul has always stuck out to me. Um, anybody, I, I, I can contest that anytime that you do something wrong, you have a tendency of hold, holding on to that for as long as possible. Anytime that, that we sin or we make a mistake, the next time that you go to do something good, you're going to remember that mistake. You're going to remember all the all the things that you've done wrong. And when I look at Paul and to think that he helped kill us, to kill people like us and then turn around and be able to stand up for what was right, it just, there was something very special about this man. And then he come and wrote so many books and he did so much for the kingdom of God and then to, to beseech us and say, you need to be transformed. Don't be like you are right now. Let God do something in you that He's never done before. Let Him change you. And then He goes on to say, not only let Him change you, but, but don't be careful once He does. Don't, don't... <laughs> I, I feel the Holy Ghost. There, there are so many times when, especially when I was uh, the youth pastor, when we would, we would meet and do stuff, when, when we would leave and I, I would say, especially to the young people, be careful. 
to, to the young drivers. Uh, be careful. Don't, not only don't get yourself killed, but don't be killing anybody else. You don't, you don't want that. Be careful. Every time that we, we leave, we try to say something positive about, about the people that we're getting ready to exit their, their presence. Be careful on your way home. Take it easy. So on and so forth. But Paul comes into a group of people and says, don't be careful. <laughs> Where we are right now, we're running out of time. God is, is allowing the sun to set on us, on this, on this generation. Mercy and grace is about to stop. God's going to pull it from the earth and, and He's going to come back after a people. And Paul says, don't be careful. Don't be careful. Don't be careful of anything. Careful. Anxious. Worried. Nervous. Has anybody been in any of those three things? Anxious, worried, or nervous. Every one of us are guilty of these three things. Why? Because our flesh tells you to be. It says to, to be careful of none of these things. Don't be anxious. Don't be nervous. How many has ever flown on a plane? Were you nervous or scared at any point? That it's possible that, that my plane can end up in a building or in the middle of the ocean? It's just something that's physical. It's not, isn't it, Brother Williams? You've been on several flights. It's natural for us to, to get this, this thought in our minds that God is not in control. And Paul comes to these people and says, Listen, you have the Holy Ghost. You are a thriving church. Revival has taken place. Stop being careful. And I come to you tonight. I know that there are things going on in your life. I understand that there are situations in every family in this place. But I ask you in the Holy Ghost to stop being careful. Just, just let go and let God do what He's wanting to do in us. Amen? Romans 8, verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's something that He hates. I do not want to possess something that my God hates. And to do that, I cannot be carnally minded. If you can be spiritually minded and stop being careful, you, there, is, there are no limitations for you and God. If you can somehow get past this, this flesh, breathe in God and exhale yourself. If you can get to a place in God to where it's not you anymore and it's all God, if you can do that, and get in your mind that I'm not going to be careful anymore. I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get worried. There are nothing. There's nowhere that you cannot get with God. And that, and somehow I hope that my kids can get a hold of that. That everything that I'm lacking, that they can get a hold of and move further on. I, I don't know how much time's left. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. But I know that it's short. But the problem is that, that some of the people that have been doing this for, for 40, 50, 60 years, you've heard it for 40 or 50, 60 years. So why... Why is it short now? What's the difference? It's very, very simple. The Bible says that, that in the Spirit, God is going to start revealing those things. And if you've heard the pastor for the past couple of weeks, you've heard Brother Hill, you've heard others that have been preaching, the Spirit is starting to reveal those things in, in His church, in His people. Hey, get ready. Get ready. I'm coming back. Get ready. Hallelujah. There, there is something so special about a man or a woman of God who can... Who can, who can Put in their minds, this is not about me. I'm running out of time, and I'm not going to be careful anymore. I would rather, I would rather, I would rather young people, anybody, men, women, children, to get in trouble from Brother Robertson for being too, too crazy 
than for talking bad about people. Or, or you know what I'm saying. Instead of, instead of having Brother Robertson talk to you about things that you shouldn't be doing, that you're doing, you're going extreme the other way, if that makes sense. To stop being careful. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3 and 6. I know we've been in Proverbs for a while. Can you bring that up for me, Brother John? In all thy ways acknowledge Him. In every way. In all of thy ways. The smartest man that's ever lived pinned this. In all thy ways. Not just when you're at church, don't be careful. Not just when we're here and you're worshiping. But in all of your ways. In your job. In your family. Brother Cisco said it so well. He said, don't just come here and dig wells. It's easy to come into the house of God and, and to dig something and, and to create something for yourself. But go home, Dad. Go home. And in all of your ways, acknowledge God. Make sure that He is in everything that we do. Every, every thought that comes into our mind, everything that we decide, everywhere that you take your kids, everywhere, grandparents, everywhere that you take your grandkids, I know it's your job to spoil them. I, I understand that. But in everything that you do, make sure that it's because of God. Not because your grandma or your, or your mom or your dad. Make sure that everything that we do, every situation that we come into, that God is involved. The men. We've been having some great prayer meetings. And I appreciate every man in this building, every father, every dad who takes time and comes down there and prays. God is really doing some things. Yesterday was, was great. We weren't here an hour. And, and God moved in, in a great, great way. Because see... We, we look at it as, as we need to, to get in here and when we need to pray for hours and hours and hours and we need to fast for 21 days and, and all these things. And every one of those things are very important. I'm not taking away from any of those things. But just you getting up early and coming into the house of God and, and unifying yourself with some brethren and, and, and trying to, to reach a goal. There, there, it was unbelievable the authority that come into this place for just a few minutes. For just a few minutes in the presence of God. Hallelujah. John 5, 30 and 31. In every possible way, we need to make sure that God is in our lives. He is making sure that every situation... And Jesus proves this in this. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. This is Jesus. This is red. I know it's white up there, but this is red letters. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear, as I judge, as my judgment is just because I speak not of my own will. That's His, his, his flesh is saying. Jesus is making an example of Himself. Like you said this morning, He's always constant with a prayer. But the will of the Father which hath sent me, if I bear witness of Myself, My witness is not true. Jesus is saying very clearly, He's agreeing with what Paul is saying, I, I would have to be careful if, if it was me. But Jesus is saying that, that I have flesh right now, I have to set an example for all of you, and I am not going to be careful. I know who My Father is. I know where I can go to get, get help where I can get my answers, and I refuse to be careful. There is just, there's something about the supernatural. There's something about when Jesus said things, and He did things, and He did things not just because He was Jesus, but because He was making an example of Himself on what we should do and what we should say. Moses was not careful. Moses stretched forth the rod. All of us know the story. And the Dead Sea parted. The supernatural will take place when you make up your mind that I'm not, I'm not going to be careful anymore. It made no sense to him to hold up a rod. God, why don't you just, just spread the sea so we can get across? But God spoke to him and said, no, raise your hand. Raise the rod over the sea. And because he made up his mind, okay, I'm going to do this. 
the supernatural was able to take place. Joshua did the same thing when he came into Jericho. It made no sense whatsoever to march around the city seven times. Why? Why do that? Just God, just knock it down and let's have revival. But no. God, God tested their faith. And they did what, what, what was necessary to be done. Job. Everybody knows who Job is. But Job said something that every one of us need to grab a hold of and hold on to forever. And this was before the Holy Ghost. But he said, God, God took everything from He allowed Satan to take everything from him. He had a family. He had a wife. He had children. He had riches. He had all the cattle. He had everything that he needed, everything that he desired as a man. And God allowed all of that to be taken from him but himself. All he was left was with himself. And even Satan was able to use his flesh against him. But he said something that all of us need to grab a hold of. He said, God, even if you come down here yourself, you stand right here and you kill me, I'm still going to trust you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the situation is, you still have to stand on God's Word. You still have to trust trust God. Because without Him, you're nothing. Don't, don't look at me. Just listen to the words. Because I'm, I'm nothing without God. And I'm going to stand up no matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to trust God. Amen? It doesn't matter if your wife has cancer. It doesn't matter if after that she gets pneumonia. It doesn't matter, Sister Graves. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You have to trust God. It doesn't matter what, what the situation is. I have to stand on the Word of God and know that I'm right. Now, please, bear with me, but if you get into an argument and you know you're right, Brother Davis, you're not going to stop arguing. Amen. Amen. Would you stop if you're right? Oh, I I quit. I'm not going to argue. I love arguing, especially when I'm right. Who doesn't like that? This, This is no different. The Scripture is no different. You know the truth, and the truth has set you free. Now, stand on this and know that even if God Himself comes down here and killed me, that I trust Him that it would be worth it because the point would be proven that I died trusting God. That, that was what Job had. And because of it, he got double everything that he had before. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that any of us are going to get our reward down here. I, I don't see any of us moving into mansions or getting, getting Cadillacs or Mercedes or anything like that. Your reward is later. You've got to suffer for a little longer and then you're going to get what you deserve here in a couple, I want to say years, but I don't know if we're even going to be here that long. What I would love is since the whole uh, Nostradamus and all this stuff about December 21st of 2012, what would be awesome is if he come back December 20th. That to me would just be, it'd be awesome. Just to prove the point that he's God. You know what I mean? Like all these, the Mayan calendar is going to stop and all this, all these people have all these ideas and stuff. And it's just like, God, just, just come back the day before. Just to prove that you're God. Just to, just to make a point. Joshua did the same. Elijah calls fire down from heaven. Why? Because he wasn't careful with what God had given him. Yeah, he made some mistakes. He ran from, from Jezebel. But we all make mistakes. The point was that the moment the anointing was in his life, he was not careful with it. He knew what, what he was in God. Do you know who you are? Do you really understand what you have in the Holy Ghost and in Jesus? I was able to get to the, the spiritual mindset that he was able to obtain. I remember the servant come up to him and, 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 and full of fear. And Elisha said, it's all right. Don't, don't, don't worry about this. What, what's the matter? And he said, he said God, God, show him what's going on. And immediately his eyes were open and he was able to see the army of God compared to the Midianites that were coming after him. We need to get a hold of a, a spiritual mindset 
to where we can see exactly how much stronger and bigger and better we are than the enemy. Because the problem is, is that once we get, once you get hit, or you get knocked down, or something, our, spiritual, our spirituality just, you know, just falls off. Does that make sense to anybody? When you get a phone call about a certain situation, or, or let's use David for example. David was getting ready to be anointed, uh, anointed king, and he had talked to Abner, and he was getting ready to get all of the kingdom of Israel, right? So Abner comes, and, and, and they have their little their meet and greet, and then he leaves. And what does Joab do? He kills Abner because Abner killed his brother. <laughs> Messed everything up. David knew in his heart and in his mind he was going to be king of Israel, but, but everything was, was working perfectly until Joab got in the way. And it messed everything up and it pushed all, all of, of what David had planned back. Does that make sense? Have you ever had a, a situation come in and just mess up everything that you had planned? You, you just knew that God had all this worked out and you, you'd went through all this and all these situations had, had come to pass and then all of a sudden it just, it just the bottom falls out of it. And not only are you in a valley, I, I figure this, this out, that, that not only is there, is there, there are mountains and valleys in life, but I've gotten into a valley and I found a hole in the valley. Has anybody ever, ever, ever noticed that? Like you're just struggling to get, to get through this valley and all of a sudden the valley falls and now you're even further than where you, where you thought you could go. <laughs> now what, Lord? I thought you had all this figured out and you, you look at it and God said, I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly and you find yourself buried under all this stuff and it's like, God, help me. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me. Why do I feel alone right now? I heard a man of God speak about this. He said, he said I was in a situation. He said, I, I, was, I was really coming into my own. I was preaching. He said, I had, I had a family come against me, openly, publicly, come against me. And he said, he said I didn't understand. It didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I was doing everything right. I had done nothing to this family. And they called him out publicly, started all these lies about him. And he went to God and was like, God, what, what's, what, did, what do you want me to do? I, I don't understand. And God spoke to him and he said, well, because you're carnally minded. You don't have my mind or you would have handled this differently. So he said, okay. All right, so he, he, he understood, he got a revelation that, that not everybody in church is going to be your friend. That you're going to have people that are going to constantly be coming against you. And, and the problem is, is that we immediately, we grab a hold of that and hang on to it instead of just giving it back to God. What did Jesus do when people come against Him? Did He go back to His house and, and start talking bad about Him? No, he used, He's used the Word. He used the Bible. Even when Satan himself, at Jesus' lowest point, He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. At any point, God was going to do something wrong it was going to be at that moment. And Satan knew it. And Jesus used the Word. He used the Word of God. He wasn't being careful. He knew who He was. He knew what He had to do, and He did it. There's something to be said about a man or a woman or a young person who knows their job, and they just do it. There was a time, and there's very few things that I'm good at. Very, very, very few. Obviously, you can tell my vocabulary is not one of them. But I'm an electrician by trade. And, and we got into a situation where there was only a couple guys left and they had to lay people off. And he, he kept me. Um, he, let me he let me stay on and, and finish the job out. And he told me, he said, I've been doing this a long time. And he said that, that you've got, you got guys that, that are good at, at talking about their job. And then you've got guys that are just good at their job. 
And he said, what I like about you is you just keep your mouth shut and you just do your job. And sometimes I feel that this is the same way. And obviously when you're preaching, it's different. But, but there are times when I know my pastor just wants me to keep my mouth shut and just do my job. Does that, does that make sense? I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But there are times when, when I don't need to say anything. I just need to do what God's wanting us to do. Amen? David was never careful. A man after God's own heart. He wrote songs that we still sing today because he wasn't careful and he understood what it took to be spiritually minded. In the middle of the battle, he himself was able to encourage himself in God. And sometimes that's what, exactly what we have to do. When it's you against the world, you just have to get on your face and know that God is going to get you through this. That whatever you're going through right now, that it is not bigger than my God is. No matter what the situation, and I know that there are situations where it just it seems like, God, I... I you don't even have to fix the situation. Just give me a little breathing room. Just take a little bit of stress off. And sometimes God really pushes that. I won't put on you more than I can bear. Has anybody been there? You just feel like you've got the whole world on your shoulders and, and there's nowhere to turn. And that's when you go to your knees and you seek the face of God. Hallelujah. Just, just for a moment, stop being careful. The major and minor prophets, none of them, Elijah, Elijah, excuse me, Isaiah, come into the, into the temple and he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the whole temple. It wasn't because he come, come in there and, and just, just had a, a, minor, a mediocre, mediocre prayer meeting with God. He'd come boldly before God. He knew who he was. He wasn't careful when he prayed. We need to get a hold of some of this. Men, I don't want you to be, be careful when you're praying. I want you to come downstairs and just do what you do. Ladies, no, no different when you go into the prayer, prayer room. The musicians, the music, the department heads, don't be careful. The department head meeting's coming up, which is always a lot of fun. Amen? <laughs> Poor Sister Robertson. Oh, I feel sorry for her on that day. I know she's just... Oh. But it, it's, it's where we want to be. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do next year? This year's almost over. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to, what, what, what's your desire for this next year? Before you make up your mind, don't be careful. Before you really grab a hold of what you're wanting to do next year, or even to finish this year out, don't be careful. Brother Sebastian, don't, don't be careful. You've got the youth group, don't, don't be careful with them. They're, they're, you, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Peter. Peter wasn't careful. He was the only man that I know of that ever walked on water other than Jesus Christ Himself. It wasn't very long. But have you ever walked on water? Do you see what, do you see what I mean? There, there are certain things. Peter had, did a lot of things wrong. Let me, let me ask you this. Let, let's go back to, to guilt and sin. Who, who made a bigger, bigger mistake? Peter denying Jesus and cursing Him when He needed Him the most or Judas' betrayal? Which one was worse? Is there a difference? It wasn't the sin that made them who they were. It was what they did after their mistake that made them who they were. Because see, Peter made up his mind. I've got the keys. I know who I am. I, I, I know I messed up. I made a mistake. But I know who I am. And because of that, he preached the greatest message that has ever been preached and is still being preached now. To where Judas, he didn't know who he was. He started being very, very, very careful about where he went and who he talked to. 
And that is a very scary place to be is when you get so careful about who you talk to and where you go and the people that you surround yourself with. Don't be careful. We're running out of time. Now's the time to not, not be careful. Be careful for nothing. James and John. James had the biggest church that the world has ever known. I don't think that he ever got to that place because he was careful. Him and John, they wanted to call fire down from heaven on the people they didn't want to believe. They even had the audacity to have their mom come to God, come to Jesus and say that she wanted her sons to sit on the right hand of, hand of God. That's a mom who's not being careful. Does that make sense? We need some moms to be like James and John's mom. We need some parents to start start being parents. And I'm not saying that you guys are terrible or anybody's not being... Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying from this point forward, we know who we are. You know who you are. And now's the time to stop being careful. Hallelujah. Jesus was not careful. The, the, one, the one story that sticks out to me more than all the others outside of the crucifixion, even above all the healings, was Jesus went into the temple and absolutely tore the place apart. Turned tables over. Why? Because the people were being very, very careful about what they were doing. And they were doing some things that they should not have been doing. Jesus made up in His mind who He was before He ever, ever got here. And I don't believe that there was a day He was ever on earth where He was ever, ever careful. Every miracle that He did, everything, every every example that He set for us, every word that He spoke that they wrote down and gave it to us, I don't believe that any of that stuff was ever Him being careful. The things that He did, the things that He said, the places that He went, He was never, never, ever, ever careful. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. But there were some, some people other than Judas that were very, very careful. And now they're in eternity, and I, I'm not going to judge them, but I, I, I'm not sure that they, they got to experience where I want to experience. Demas. Brother Graham even talked about it. He said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Ah. There's so many things right now trying to pull... Families, pull young people, pull men, pull women away from God. And some of us have mastered it. You're very, very careful. You're careful when you get on the Internet. You're careful when you see certain people. You're very careful where you go and how you get there. But as time comes to a close, please, please fall out of love with this world. Don't forsake God. Hang on to this. Hang on to this with everything that you've got. I, I, I don't want to be like Gehazi. He was the guy that followed Elisha. The man who had the double portion. See, Naaman come to Elisha. The music can come. Naaman come to Elisha and, 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 and wanted to be healed of leprosy. And of course, he, he fought with Elisha for a little while. He finally did it. He finally did what he was supposed to do. He went and dipped in the Jordan seven times. Well, Naaman tried to give Elisha gifts, and Elisha's like, are you kidding me? I, this, isn't, this isn't about me. This is about God. Give, give your stuff to, to somebody else. Well, Gehazi had this idea that he would let Naaman get away from Elisha, and then he'd go get those gifts. 
He's very careful about it. He went behind Elisha's back very well. The problem was is that Elisha's a man of God, and you're not going to hide very many things from God. You're not going to hide anything from God. So no matter how careful you are, your, your sins are going to find you out. No matter how, how smooth and easy and cool you are, your sins are going to find you out. And because Gehazi lied, he was stri- strict, stricken with leprosy. And he missed out on an amazing opportunity with God. He was walking with Elisha. He got to go see things that, that some of us have never seen. Demas was the same way. He walked with Paul. He got to see some of the things that, that none of us have ever seen. But he forsake God, having loved this present world. The last two that I want to I want I want to bring out. And please just just get get out of your mind that I'm even up here. Just just see Jesus for a little bit, please. This is not about me. This is about Him and Him only. But the other two men that I want to want to talk about just real quick are the two men on either side of Jesus, because they they had an opportunity to to be close to Jesus while he was dying. And as Jesus' final moments before he was resurrected, he got to talk to these two men. And, and one of them was very, very careful and very, very selfish. And he told God to, to, to save himself. Get off, get off the cross. Save yourself and save us if, if you be the Christ. But the other one, the other man, I believe he's a lot like us. I don't know his background. I, I, don't know, I don't know how he grew up. I don't know his mom or his dad. I don't know what church he went to. But I know that he had messed up bad enough that they, they were going to kill him. In his final moments on earth, was just wanting God's attention. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't try to give God some some stupid off the wall question. He knew God knew it in his heart. He knew God could see him for who he is and who he was. And just like a child just like these little guys that were up here performing tonight. They weren't trying to impress you. Remember me. Remember me, Jesus. Please, can I just have your attention for a few moments as I die? (laughs) Remember me. Because I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And I'm dying. And I know who you are. I'm not going to try to try to try to chastise you by telling you to get off the cross. I know who you are, and I know why you're doing what you're doing. He had to have some kind of background. He had to know who Jesus was, or he'd have been saying the same thing the other thief was saying. He saw Jesus differently. In his final moments on earth, he wasn't careful with his words with God. He said, "God, just remember me. Remember me as you come into your kingdom." Is there anybody that just wants God to remember you? Is there anybody that just wants God to remember your church? God, remember me. Remember my pastor, Jesus. Remember my church. 
Remember the, the Sunday school kids. Don't be careful. Hallelujah. Somehow find a way to be spiritually minded. Somehow find a way to, 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 to get a hold of God like you never have before. I listened to Hannah as she taught last last Sunday morning. And I was so proud of her. I've watched her come a long, long way. It's just a matter of making up your mind. I, I'm not going to be careful. Transformed by the renewing of my mind. No matter how old I am. No matter how long you've been doing this. You, you're not going to get away from the blood of God. It's going to follow you till the day that you die. It followed Demas. It followed Gehazi. It followed all the ones that we know had a very limited opportunity of making it to heaven. It followed the man that stood on, hung on the one side of Jesus who told him to get down and save us. Hallelujah. If you'll stand with me tonight. There's never going to be a time that I'll ever get up here and impress impress anybody. And I'm never going to try. But tonight I know that I had, I had something to say to somebody and I just hope that you adhere to what God's trying to say. That as, as the sun sets, and we, we as a church anticipate that sun setting, that, that we can get a hold of this in ways that we never thought possible, and that we as a church can stop being careful. I know, if anything, I want my kids to grow up knowing, knowing that, that I wasn't nervous, that I wasn't scared, that I wasn't afraid of living for God with everything that I had within me. Even if it's not as much as some of you. There's a lot of you that are, that are a lot more talented, have a lot more things going. You can come up here and, and, and preach the fire down. But at the end of the day, are you, are you being careful? Don't be careful. Don't be careful in these these. These last seconds of time. Don't be careful. Hallelujah. The altars are always open. I don't know if they ever close. They never, never close. But tonight, I'm asking that anybody who wants to make up their mind, not only am I going to be spiritually minded, because God hates carnally minded people. He hates the carnal mind. He hates it. But if there's anybody who wants to make up in their mind that I'm going to put on the whole armor of God and I'm going to fight this thing until there's nothing left. Until my time is done. Until this is all wrapped up. Hallelujah. I don't want our church to be careful when it comes to coming to the altar. I don't want anything to stop you from being able to allow God to do what He's wanting to do tonight, and you're, regardless of what's what's happened, Hallelujah! Don't be careful, Hallelujah! Don't be careful in anything that we do. The music's going to play; they're going to sing, and you're going to do what you do, Hallelujah! But don't leave this place being careful. Be careful for nothing, and in all things, prayer and supplication.
the, prepa- to the, the prevailing prayer. I hope somebody's got a hold of it. Our pastor's been preaching it. Hallelujah. Don't let, it, don't let anything change for tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you in Jesus' name.